The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, where we watch and you guessed it, commentate on the week that was in movies and TV. I'm your host and play-by-play commentator, Jamie Upps, and each week I'm joined by a rotating cast of colour commentators to help you find your next viewing treat. This week, I'm joined by a freelance social commentator who lists their favourite movie as American Psycho and favourite TV show as Yellowstone, celebrating a monumental day for him right now. Welcome to the show, Blake Robinson. Thank you for having me, Jamie Upps. Yes. There is cause for celebration in the world of West's Tigers supporters. It's a glorious day. It's a glorious night. I think this might be the first podcast where I've had two in a row where the other person has been wine timing. Really? Well, tis the season, Jamie, as they do say. Oh, that's been my excuse for everything lately, this past few weeks. Tis the season. Oh, someone questions something. Yeah, whatever. Tis the season. When I normally record with Karina, it's like late at night. So it's, yeah, it's fair enough wine time for her, but yeah. You're just randomly having red wine on a Tuesday. It's 8 p.m. Don't um don't yuck my yums. Like I said, it's cause for celebration and tis the season. Yeah, I was just gonna say, when do you think you get away with um no longer saying tis the season? The second week in January, maybe? Yeah, probably when most people are starting to go back to work. <laughs> it's like April. Ah, tis the season, it's Easter. Yeah. No, yeah, you wait till like the end of March and then as soon as April it's like, oh, it's back again. Well, bro, if you're David Jones or Maya and you're Got Halloween decorations on the shelves and Christmas decorations on the shelves. Like, what's going on there? Like, there's no room for both. They need a woo up, hey. They need a woo up. Don't worry, the Easter eggs will be out in the next week or two. Honestly, there'll be East Halloween decorations on the shelves at the same time as Easter eggs soon. I'm, I'm going to guarantee <laughs> within ten years. Yeah, probably. No, no questions asked. Boxing Day, the Easter eggs will start rolling out straight away. It's <laughs> <laughs> so bleak. Well, I'm not mad about it. Hot cross buns will be out. Honestly, no cap. I could have sworn I sent hot cross buns at Woolies this week. Yeah, probably. Oh, they've got to do the Australia Day stuff first. They've got to put some Australian flags out. Yeah, good. That should be year-round merchandise you can purchase. Anywho, speaking of chocolate. Speaking of chocolate. Speaking of chocolate and more silliness, this week we're venturing into a world of pure imagination as we review Mm. the new film Wonka starring Timothy Chalamet as the younger version of the iconic chocolatier Willy Wonka. This movie is a 2023 musical fantasy film directed by Paul King, and it's about a man armed with nothing but a hat full of dreams. The film tells the origin story of a young chocolatier, Willy Wonka, as he attempts to change the world one delectable bite at a time. Mm. Before we dig into the cast list, what did you think of this one on a surface level? Uh, On a surface level, it irritated me and I didn't enjoy it. Wow, I'm shocked. I have been um, dragging this movie through, I won't say mud, through the Chocolate River to everyone I've mentioned it to. You like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, so. Who doesn't? Who doesn't like Johnny, Donnie Depp? But no, can we can we go back a bit here? I like Charlie and Chocolate Factory, yes, but I also love Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So I, I don't pick sides here. I love both of them. And the, this movie's just on it. Like, it can't, you can't have it on the same level as those. It's, a, it's an out-and-out kids movie. It's a proper kids' movie, this. So are the other two. Although the other two have like a bit of dark, disturbing sequences. This one is very, 
very like PG, this one. You know how I've been describing this movie, Jamie, is it's like a kid's movie that they've, it's a movie that they've dumbed down for kids and there's nothing cheeky in it. Whereas movies like that I enjoy kids' movies, Over the Hedge, Zootopia, The Secret Life of Pets, B Movie, these are kids' movies that have cheeky little jokes and adult references in them. Like they're kids' movies that adults can enjoy. Whereas this is like, I think this was meant to be like an adult, sort of like an adult's kids' movie that's just a kids' movie, if that makes sense, instead of kids' movies that are sort of adult movies. I guess, yeah, it's probably appealing more to people our age, like with the nostalgia for the, the 70s Willy Wonka, but like. Well, I love the idea of like a prequel, but I didn't like it being an out-and-out kids movie. Like there was nothing funny in this. There was nothing cheeky in this. Like there was so many times in this movie, I just thought of everyone in the cinema that was like around our age and demographic that would have been thinking this is so lame. Like I was expecting walkouts, Amy. I don't know, I just didn't, I just thought this was, it was just lame. Yeah, there's nothing in there like for the parents to sort of get that wink and nod like, oh, that's a joke just for me. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like um, like you would have no trouble sending your kids to see this. Like there's nothing edgy or nothing you need to have a conversation with them about afterwards. Whereas Barbie, if you took your little girls to see it, there probably is a few edgy. There's some conversations afterwards. Jokes, yeah. There's some conversational topics in Barbie, but there was none of that in Wonka. I don't know. Like it just did. It just didn't entertain me. Yeah, I think probably the most edgy thing in this one is the Got the milking of the draft, Bleacher and Mrs. Scrubbit relationship, and yeah, milking a draft. Yeah, that was a bit silly. That was, wasn't it? That I actually no. That I, I'll, I'll take that back. That was actually pretty funny. That little relationship when he came out in that silk dressing gown. That was kinky as. That was as cheeky as it got, though. That's as cheeky as it gets. Yeah. As far as as weird as it got, what is? doing with milking a giraffe i didn't even know you could do that i guess like they say in meet the fuckers you can milk anything with nipples hey they got almond milk i ain't seen almonds with no titties who's milking almonds gotta milk them almonds yeah so i thought this movie was like charming sweet and magical but it it didn't have any of those sinister menacing elements like 1971 with like the the boat rides through the chocolate river like that i still remember like i still like watch willy wonka and that scene still disturbs me but this one like had none of that. Yeah, much more kid friendly. This one, like it's probably is it G rated? It'd be barely pushing PG if it's. I have no idea why it would be PG. It's a weird. Dire- there's a weird direction it took this movie. I don't know. I love, like I said, I love the idea of making a prequel and a bit of a Wonka backstory. Yeah, I thought that decision to go with a totally new story rather than remaking a movie that's already had a, a remake essentially, like was a, a masterstroke to, to do something totally new. I'm so oh yeah, they didn't they, we didn't need a remake. Prequel was a great idea. Has there been, I don't know, has there been a, a prequel already written, like a book? Is this what that's based off? Or is this a completely new story? I think there's a sequel book. Yeah, there is. Uh, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. Yeah, that's long. That's well old. I think they took elements from um that book for this movie, but mm. like I just think with the direction they've gone in this, it felt new and fresh but still had lots of those like nods to the 1970s Wonka. Didn't really have any to the other Wonka. Also didn't think any of the songs in this one were anywhere near as memorable as the 1971 classic. And I couldn't tell you a single song from the Johnny Depp Wonka. All I can remember is his big glasses. But um, the one thing I did, the, the only enjoyable moment in this movie for me was the last scene when um, Chalamet of absolute pure thoroughbred fame 
started seeing pure imagination. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I was there for that. Yeah, I wrote down a few things that like were, were I picked out as callbacks while watching it was the, the first one I saw was when Wonka arrives in this new city and he's walking through town and he goes to walk down the stairs and he does the pause and rewind. Did he? Oh, I missed that. Partway up the steps. I was like, oh, he did the cool, like, like that's a nod to the 71 when. Homage. I noticed another one. His cane always stuck in the ground too, like Jane's did. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's the go with that? I think it's just part of his like magic trick because he's a magician. He is a magician. At the end, we had the cho- chocolate waterfall with the, the chocolate river as well. I thought that was that was obviously going to happen at some point. The golden ticket, I thought that was a cheeky little nod that they- With the little note, yep. They really, really drew that out to like, this is where he got the idea for the golden ticket type thing. And two of the songs that they took from the original- he mixes it with love and world of pure imagination. I was glad that they came in. Like I think they're probably the probably the two most iconic songs. Hundred. And the Oompa Loompa songs in this one are eerily similar to the original Oompa Loompa songs as well. They avoided the Johnny Depp ones. Like you said, I can't nearly now you mentioned I can't even remember the Johnny Depp ones. I'm gonna have to go watch that movie again. Just don't. No, just don't. Oi. You're such a hater of the Johnny Depp one. Are you a Johnny Depp hater altogether? Is this something, are you like coming out of the closet here? Just that movie. That movie is so bad. What do you, you have so much beef with it. I don't understand. It's a classic. It's a classic. It's a classic. No, no, it's trash. It's trash player. No heart, no soul. It's a plastic money grab. Oh my God. What the hell is this then? If that's a plastic money grab, what's this? I thought this was delightful. Like it's a kid's movie, but it was delightful. Yeah, no, I do agree. It was delightful. It was fun. But I just didn't enjoy it. Like it, it's it could it could it was it didn't tickle my fancy. It wasn't for me. I like I love the idea. Um, you know if you know what if this little franchise of this prequel situation and kids movie thing going on is to grab my full attention, I want an Oompa Loompa spin-off, a side hustle Oompa Loompa movie. How good would that be? And surely they've just teased it a little bit by having the Oompa Loompa Island and the Hugh Grant character and whatnot. Yeah, I thought we were going to get a lot more Oompa Loompa story in this. Not enough, not enough Oompa Loompa, hey. It was all sort of back end of the movie. Yeah, not much Hugh Grant in this, hey, like the Oompa Loompa character. And he sort of came in and out with not much context too. Yeah, he's just the orange man that keeps stealing the chocolates and then all of a sudden he's there and he's helping out. It's like, like well, let's lay it out like this. The Oompa Loompas came in like, for Wonka, like they worked in his factory. I don't think... We needed to have them in this movie, but I feel like they've just chucked them in because it's like the whole Wonka universe, bloopers, and it's like a recognisable thing. They really didn't need to be in this. Yeah, I thought this movie was like about him getting the Oompa Loompas to work at the factory, and it kind of has that, but it's very like a last-minute like thing, like, hey, I've paid you back now, but I can pay you more. It would have been weird to not have Oompa Loompas in a Wonka movie, though. It sort of would have, but, I mean, they didn't do it right. They, could, they need to be more. Yeah, would have liked to see another like half an hour where he goes and like meets the rest of them. Oi, that um, off topic here. That what, who was the like the flamboyant chocolatier with like the wig? Is he old mate from Little Britain? Uh, yeah, Matt Lucas as Prodnose. Matt Lucas. I hated that character so much in this movie. Yeah, they all pissed me off big time. He was dumb as like Slugsworth. I was he was fine, and Fickle Gruber was okay, but Matt Lucas was. Dumb. Is Slugworth the only legit one? Are the other two in Wonka? I don't. Because I don't, obviously Slugworth, everyone knows Slugworth, the Voldemort of Wonka Land. I think Fickle Gruber and Prodnose are mentioned in the 
Depp one. So, um, so I, need, I really want to go back and watch both. You know what character I did like? And I thought it was pretty funny when the cop started getting fat. <laughs> that was pretty, that made me giggle each time. That was good chat. Keegan Michael Key as the chief of police who just slowly gets fatter and fatter by eating all of the chocolate. Yeah, that was good shit. But um, back on that note of like kids movie and nothing really edgy in the adults side of things, um, I thought that was a pretty grim, like the way they Wonka and his little, what was her name? The cleaner girl? Uh, Noodle. Noodle. Um, how they were left to drown in the chocolate. I thought that was pretty full on for a kids movie. Yeah. I think the whole the whole chocolate cartel was pretty sinister, but mm. they didn't come across as like they were evil and they were doing the wrong thing. Yeah. But they weren't like threatening because they were just oafs and doofuses. Yeah, they were tiptoed around. Like particularly Prodnose, like he was just an idiot. Like couldn't do anything with any subtlety. Anytime Slugworth and Fickle Gruber were trying to be like coy about what they wanted the police to do, he would just come out and blatantly give that away. Like, oh, I mean by death. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ, we get it. Yeah. It just takes away all of the like threat. It did fit the character, but yeah, I don't know, like, man, there's lots of odds and ends in this movie, like things that didn't really need to exist and things that are probably missing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think is this going to last long in cinemas, this one? It will, obviously, over the holiday period, but after Christmas, probably see you later. It'll be on, it'll be on big W shells on Blu-ray probably straight away. <laughs> the other callback I wrote down was Wonka eating the uh, edible teacup as well. I loved that bit. Did he? Because, no, did he? Mm-hmm. When he opens the... When he opens the store, he's eating it, he's drinking a teacup and he bites it at the end. Does he bite it? I didn't notice him bite it because I was looking out for it. Or was I watching someone else with a teacup? Noodle had the teacup as well. But I don't I don't think she bit into it. But yeah, really definitely did. Also on Noodle and the whole um her missing that was a weird storyline, wasn't it? Like the orphan child? Yeah. I don't know. There's lots of weird like odds and ends in this, like I said. They just teased heaps of little stories. They were definitely trying to go for the Charlie Bucket, down in a luck, really poor, just struggling to get by story. But yeah, like I thought she was fine. I didn't connect with it anywhere near as much as Charlie Bucket. And I think that's because in 71, we actually get to spend like the first half hour of that movie. And it's only like 90 minutes, but we spend like a good 20, 25 minutes with Charlie and getting to know Charlie and his situation. This one where immediately with Wonka and then she's kind of just oh let's attach her to Willie yeah so we're we're more invested on Willie getting his final outcome not so much Noodle getting rescued yeah um that's what I mean this movie is just made for fun like like you said you couldn't really had time to connect to characters um I don't know the maybe can giraffe are connected to the best <laughs> not the security guard who was just like Constantly drinking. Oi, that was, oi, how cool was that little store love story? That was cool, eh? Yeah, the two security guards that were shockingly in so love with each other. He drunk called her, then she got the, the the drunk chockies and drunk called him. And they were both security guards. That's true love, man. That, that was cool. That was like, yeah, that was probably the coolest little storyline of the whole movie. That and the draft getting milked. And uh, actually in uh, Rowan Atkinson of Mr. Bean fame. How'd he go, you reckon? Do you reckon he needed to be in it? No. That could have just been any random actor. They didn't need to pay Rowan Atkinson fee that cameo. Yeah. I don't know why that existed. But nonetheless, there were oohs and there was ahs, as you'd expect. Like, I got that shock moment when he popped up, but then I was like, okay, that could have just been anyone. That didn't need to be him. Yeah. It's one of those ones, like in Oppenheimer, we knew a few characters. Do we know Matt Damon 
was going to be in Oppenheimer beforehand. Yeah. There was a couple surprise packets in Oppenheimer, I think. But, like, movies like that, you can get away with it. Like, why the hell was Rowan Atkinson in this by surprise? Yeah, I don't know. It was just... It's all, it's all, I don't know, man. This is a weird movie. Like I said, I like the idea of the prequel. I, I feel like if Rowan Atkinson was going to be in this, he should have been, like, the king Oompa Loompa on the island. Yeah, or he could have been, like, one of the evil chocolatiers. Like, he could have played, like, a Slugworth, like a more prominent role. Yeah. Not just, like, the Pope thing a person yeah yeah it's just weird what did you think of timothy chalamet as willy wonka though yeah he's a freak bro kids kids got it he just he's just got it i think he's definitely the strong in this movie he's him yeah like he's the anchor of this movie for sure like who else would you have to do it he killed it was that all his singing too i think it would have been a i think so yeah before even before we went into this i was just thinking geez these are some big boots to fill like yeah it's a big boy role to take on the role that Gene Wilder did so phenomenally and then Johnny Depp kind of ruined. But Would you put it on that level of like portraying a president or portraying like Hitler? Like it's big shoes to fill. It's like a big big role to play. It'd be like someone stepping in and taking over like the Tom Cruise role in Top Gun. A future Top Gun. Yeah, look. Like everybody knows this character as Gene Wilder. Like we all know Johnny Depp did it, but most people are like, Willy Wonka, you think Gene Wilder. Mm. So, like, for him to then step up, like, right, I'm going to d- give this role a cracker. I thought he did a fantastic job. Like, he was silly, but also, like, a genius and in charge and going for what he wanted without being, like, the Johnny Depp Willy Wonka who was just dumb. He was just silly. He's confident, though. He's, he's In all the roles he plays, he just wears it and goes all out. And I've heard Scorsese speak about Charlemagne, like, how much he loves listening to him talk and just he's had so much respect for him as, like, a performer. Um, and on that note, you mentioned Johnny Depp and like remake movies, Chalamet. I can see Timothy Chalamet playing Edward Scissorhands in a future remake. How cool would that be? That'd be sick. That could be interesting. That's probably an even harder role to take on because it is so. Like there hasn't been a remake that stuffed it up. Like it's just, it'd be like like when Johnny Depp did Gene Wilder. Mm. This one is a beloved classic. And now we're going to remake it. Um, yeah, but as far as Chalamet being cast as Wonka and he killed it. There was never a doubt either. He's the reason I went to see this movie. In terms of like the major theme for this movie, what would you say that was? Visually or on a deeper um, storyline level? On the story level. Um, rags to Riches or David versus Goliath? Yeah, I, I pulled a line from the movie, the greedy always beat the needy. Yeah. But then, like, with Willy Wonka's magic, he overcomes that. And I thought that was – I thought that was a cool, like, story of, like, if you are passionate about something and you just try and do the right thing by your your friends, ultimately you will be able to achieve your dreams and live in that world of pure imagination. Hey, what's the go with him not being able to read? Is that recurring? I think that was just a new addition for this to try and help him and Noodle develop a bit more of a relationship. True. But it pays off in the end. That's one thing I will give this movie credit. Like they, they put the breadcrumbs throughout the movie and then when it becomes this heist movie at the end, in the last like third, all of those breadcrumbs lead somewhere and pay off at the end. There's nothing that's just like, why did we do that at the start of the movie? Yeah, no, that did work well. That heist was cool though. That worked flawlessly. Yeah, I think the heist was, it was definitely the perfect like crescendo of the movie. Like we've, all, we've built towards this. 
and now we're getting the payoff, and it was a good payoff. Yeah, I needed something to fight. What did you make of um, when his chocolate got poisoned when he first opened his store, then like the public who had Wonka on this pedestal and they loved everything about him quickly in the drop of a hat turned on him. But then all of a sudden at the end of the movie, he's a hero again and the public sort of love him. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were very fickle general public. I would have loved to have seen like someone at the end of like when the heist is done, like just like one or two people still rocking the like the Yeti blue beard or something. What was it? Yeti tears? Yeah, Yeti tears or Yeti sweat or something. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Hey, I've got a bone to pick of the location of this movie. Was it meant to be in Paris or like a, a made up city? They didn't really say, but you sort of got the idea that it was Paris. I got very like Paris, Italy sort of feelings from it. Very like in and around um, the Vatican type area because you had the the big church. It was weird, eh? Like that shopping where the shops were, that like four corners, that big nice old building, glass roof, there's exact same. That is like a replica of like the Moor. I don't know if I forgot the name of it, in Milan, like exact same. So I got Milano vibes from that, but then I swear there was like French signage on the buildings around. Then every time they pan, panned out, it was like it looked like Paris, but... There was no Eiffel Tower. I think maybe like the same as what Gotham City is in Batman, like New York. Like it's obviously New York, but it's just called Gotham. Yeah. Or Vice City is Miami. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a big one at the moment. Then I thought that was a little bit weird too because the 71 Wonka is Germany. Is it? Which is a chocolate, a very big chocolate Mm. uh, producer. So, yeah, France, I was just like, yeah. Whatever, it's, it seems fine. But then I guess like he doesn't really matter. almost gets kicked out of town but doesn't get kicked out of town. So, yeah, it's fine. You know what's something that bothered me and it probably shouldn't have? Why was he so set on that town, choosing that town, that city? Like why couldn't he – if he got – why couldn't he just go elsewhere? Like if it was so – why was he so set? I guess because there was those – Because that was like the chocolate mecca anyway. I guess because like the three biggest – yeah, the three biggest chocolatiers were there. Yeah, he wanted to be the big dog in town. Yeah, I guess so. If he like, if he conquered that city with chocolate, then like that's that. Like, if you conquer Paris with your fashion label, then you're it. Or if you just conquer Europe like Napoleon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Miss Scrubbit character. Yeah. Did you also get big like Miss Trunchbull vibes from her? From Matilda. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a close-up shot, so like with her teeth and shit, eh? And she's just like this mean, like headmistress type thing. And I was like, oh, you're a terrible person. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I got yeah, I got that straight away. She loved her gin though, didn't she? She did love her gin, as did Bleacher. What did, yeah, and we mentioned the, the Bleacher Scrubbit relationship. <sighs> I loved the line where uh, Will, is it Willie or Noodle is like trying to convince Bleacher like to try and woo Scrubbit. And he goes, she'll be thankful for some ankle. She'll be pleased to see some knees. And she'll be tickled by some thigh. Bro, I um, did you look that up and try to get it exactly right? Or do you remember it? I think I might have got the tickled by thigh wrong. Yeah. But I got the first two. Yeah, she, what was it? She'll be thankful for some ankle. She'll be pleased by some knees. Yeah, I was like, that is so cool. I want to try to remember that. That is sick. Tickled <laughs> by some ankle, pleased to see some knees. And then I think it was tickled by some thigh. Or by, I'll be surprised by some thighs, maybe. Yeah. Maybe something like that. Yeah, I, I need to look it up. Yeah, that was cool. I was like, oh, I need to remember that one. That's a fun little party trick, that. I've never heard that. That was good. Yeah, you nailed it too. Like The way you delivered it was perfect, I reckon. Yeah, it was a great little like poem and then it all paid off and it was just that whole rom- romance part for them was funny as. 
because Wonka, Wonka was like, you know what they say? And he's like, what do they say? <laughs> that was funny. That character gave me big um, Men in Black, like the original with the... More sugar. <laughs> yeah, that guy. More, more, more sugar. So that was, that was fun for them. Yeah. Um, and we mentioned how, how well Chalamet did. Today, he was nominated for a Golden Globe. Golden Globe? Was he? Best actor in a comedy or musical. What's he up against for that category? Damn right, it's a musical. <laughs> if we haven't mentioned that yet, this is a musical PSA. <laughs> it's very much a musical. Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction, Joaquin Phoenix in Bo is Afraid, Matt Damon in Air, Nicolas Cage in Dream Scenario, Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers, and Timothy Chalamet in Wonka. Yeah, right. Is Golden Globes before the Oscars? Yeah, it is, hey? Yes. Because it's normally a good guy. They are in, as of recording, they're in just uh, just under 26 days. That's a pretty s- difficult category to, s- to pick there. I've heard incredible things about Nicolas Cage in Dream Scenario and Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers. From the trailer, Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction looks phenomenal as well. So that's... That's going to be a real tough one to pick. I don't think I don't think Timothy wins it. Is all I'm saying. No, no, like it was a good performance, but it, like he's good, but I don't think it's that. That's what I. That's what I spoke about with like Napoleon with Joaquin. Like he was great, but like we just know him to be great now. Like everything he does is just it's such a high standard, and he is just an elite actor. And Timothy the same. Like he was elite in this, but he is elite. Like, he just did everything he normally does. Like, it wasn't groundbreaking. Yeah. Like, I watched this for Chalamet. I was expecting Chalamet to kill it, and Chalamet killed it. Like, you don't win an award for that. Yeah. Yeah, you got to surpass people's expectations to win the awards. Yeah, but, yeah, it's hard. When he gets to that point, hey, like, that's probably why Leo went so long without winning an Oscar because he was just, he's just elite, everything he does. And it's, when you sort of do yourself a disservice, if you're that good, it's hard to be more than that good. <laughs> Just looking at some of these other Golden Globe nominees. Best Motion Picture, Drama, Anatomy of a Fall, Killers of the Flower Moon, Past Lives, The Zone of Interest, Maestro, and Oppenheimer. I think Killers of the Flower Moon is going to win the most awards across the board. Barbie has the most nominations. What's the difference between? I think Barbie got like nine nominations, so it's the potential to win nine awards. Do you actually think Barbie can win Best Picture? So, yeah, Best Picture Drama, I think, will probably either go to Oppenheimer or The Zone of Interest because that Zone of Interest film, like, the story of it looks intense. God, there's no market here for Golden Globes on the sports bet. Give it a couple of days. It's only just announced the nominees. But there's, a, there's Academy Awards, Best Picture. See, Barbie's not even – Barbie's paying 15 bucks. It's, like, seventh favourite. Oppenheimer, $1.67 favourite. Killers of the Flower Moon, $3. Poor Things. What is Poor Things ring a bell? It's the... Yorgos Thanamos. That's his new one. Yeah, Emma Stone is the main actor. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Um, that's got a good cast in it. Best motion picture for a musical or comedy, Air, American Fiction, Barbie, The Holdovers, May, December, or Poor Things. Again, tough. Um, this is an exciting award season, though, I will admit. There's been so much good shit this year, as we both know. Yeah, I think this will be one of those years where it's like a lot of these awards could go like two or three different ways. Yeah. They're not necessarily like 
oh, that one's just going to sweep everything it's in. I know. This is rare air that we've got like a few massive, massive films this year. Like there's probably, like like I said, three or four that could get best picture. There's like who knows who's getting best, like leading actor and actress, whatnot. Yeah. I really want to tune in and watch this whole thing live this year, not just catch up on it. I think I will watch the Oscars. Yeah, I definitely like, I might just watch it. put it on the iPad while I work because I think, I think it's going to be pretty stunning, some of these results. Yeah, I might clear the schedule for that one. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty keen for it. Post uh, strikes too, should be interesting. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, the Golden Globes will be like the first big awards thing that they can all go to, which would be interesting. Uh, when's the SAG Awards? Because that's normally like the week, is that normally like the week or two before the Oscars? Because that's normally like the most accurate guide of um for Oscars. February 24th, 2024. Well, when's the Oscars then? Is Oscars February? I always thought it was January. Official nominees are named on January 23rd with the Oscars to be held on March 10th. Oh, March? Oh, shit. There you go. Yeah, they, they, they're always like quite late. What would I know? Interesting to see. So, yeah, as we close out the Wonka review, hmm. the final sequence where Willie begins to imagine his chocolate factory and like show it off to the Oompa Loompa, played by Hugh Grant, which is, what was his name again? Lofty. As they were showing that off, I was sitting there thinking, I can totally see this being a theme park land or ride. I'm pretty sure it's Universal Studios. 100%, bro. 100%. Yeah, had that vibe, hey. I was getting big, like, Super Mario Land. They were going to make a killing with merchandise off this, like, theme at the theme park. You name it, they will sell it. Hey, on that note, we got some gifts when we went to see this. We got chocolate toothpaste. Have you tried it? I didn't get one because I can't have it. I'm on special toothpaste. <laughs> oh, sorry. You're on special toothpaste already. Well, I had my special toothpaste with chocolate one and it was surprisingly not horrific, but it was actually good. I've heard that high smile toothpaste is pretty good. Right. It's slapped. Like I wouldn't have it every night, but I had it and I was like, this is actually all right. Like I'm not going to throw it out. <laughs> it was weird. I don't know. Like It was, like, it was good. Because it's, it's not the flavor you're used to with toothpaste. It caught me off guard. You just don't get that minty freshness after it. So it's probably not ideal before bed. Yeah. But it was good. I'm, like, I'm going to give it a go. I guess if you do it and then just mouthwash or something after you get that mintiness. Uh, it did the job. It was good. I think if we weren't so attuned to like, oh, yeah, you brush your teeth and it's mint. Yeah. Like I think if you got kids onto stuff like this. It'd be dangerous. It'd make brushing teeth way easier. Oh, yeah, true. Like Here's some chocolate flavored toothpaste, or here's some other random flavored toothpaste. Like, I'm sure they have like some crazy flavors. I don't even want to know. Is it awful as sugar? It'd have to be. No, it's like proper toothpaste. Like, it's meant, it's healthy. It's good for your teeth. So, they have watermelon, the Willy Wonka chocolate, grape, bubble gum. That's dangerous. I'd be brushing my teeth all day. Brushing your teeth with Zappo juice, strawberry, banana, vanilla, mango sorbet. Is there a Carlton Draft flavored toothpaste? Peach iced tea. Coconut whip, red velvet cake. Far out. Is that all with high, high smile? And then smooth mint. Yep. Really? High smile toothpaste. And if you bundle them, you can save. Bundle and save. You heard it. We just made an ad for high smile toothpaste without being paid. High smile. Hit us up. Not an ad, but an ad. When they were handing those out, I was like, that's that's going to be such such a trip. Yeah. I was cautious, but I'm like, no, stuff. That night when I got home, I'm like, stuff it. I'm trying it. And it was actually, I was like, ooh. This is actually right. I was like, I'm just going to try this once and throw it in the bin. But I had it and I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to keep this. Save it for a rainy day. Maybe I'll just squirt it in my mouth throughout the day when I'm packaged. Keep it in my pocket. 
I guess it's a good thing, like when you just want that like sweet chocolate hit, but you don't have any chocolate in the house. I'm pretty sure that it's pretty healthy. It's a fluoride. It's got fluoride and everything in it. Like it's got all the stuff that normal toothpaste has in it. It tasted like it was weird. Like it, it tasted like toothpaste. Like and it foamed up and it like it did its job and it didn't actually leave your teeth brown or like it. It was weird and it, but it tastes like chocolate. It was. It's very well made. <laughs> I'll give them that. So as we conclude the Wonka review. What would you rate Timothy Chalamet's Wonka out of five? How many golden tickets you given this one? Golden tickets, you reckon? Look, I don't know. If I'm... God. I love how this breaks you every week like you forget that you have to rate them. I'm giving this two and a half Ooh. silver sterlings out of five. Damn. Mm-hmm. Tough. I was going to give it two, but because of the chocolate toothpaste, I'm feeling... I'm feeling a bit alive. I'm feeling a bit happy you got me at the right time. So it's a two and a half. Yeah, okay. I gave this a three. It's fine. It's mindless viewing. I wouldn't rush out to see it at the cinema. I'd maybe just like nope. wait and check it out when it's at home. You can. I've been telling people to not bother at all. I didn't give this more than three because it would have been a problem, serious problem. <laughs> it's like it's solid. It did everything I had hoped. It didn't ruin my love for 71. It was better than Charlie in the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp. So, um, yeah, in terms of rankings, where would you put the three movies? Like, I wouldn't even rank them in the same, like, category. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for me it's Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka, and The Chocolate Factory, like. Yeah, daylight, absolute daylight. Easy top, a big gap. Huge gap. Uh, Wonka, and then let's just, let's just put Charlie and Chocolate Factory in the corner and forget about him. I just want this on the public record, though, that this is an out-and-out kids movie. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't go into this if you're – 35 years old and wanting to relive 1971 Willy Wonka. Yeah, if, you, if you're after nostalgia and like a fun Wonka myth, don't watch this. Like you, it's a waste of time. Don't do it. Like you're better off without watching it. Just put Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory on, on Stan. Or just, yeah, I don't know, just do, don't watch this or Squid Game Challenge. Like you're better off without seeing both of them. Don't even worry about scratching the itch. Watch Edward Scissorhands instead. All righty. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on podcast services and on YouTube. You can follow me on social media at Jamyaps Media and at Pario Magazine. And you can follow Blake on Twitter at Captain Crumbs with a Z. The Commentary Booth is a fan-funded production of Jamyaps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Pario Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. The following people supported at the community support group level or higher and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Blake Robinson, Rena Renee, Courtney Paulson, Darren Hatcliffe, Jackson Carr, and Tracy Apps.